Hello and welcome to the Impact Podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you lots of discussion, comments and opinion on everything research and education. We'll be talking professional learning, what's happening in the education world and everything in between to help you make a difference in your school. Hello Jane. Hello Finn, we're back after our half term break. And we were just not saying, a not a break yet. <laughs> and I'm sure break. there's been many other people in the same position as we have been that haven't really had much time off over half term. Well, you just admitted to me that you actually worked the weekend yeah, as did. well during I did, I did. Never mind. I took a I took one day off. I took Friday off. But yeah, it's I think um life just, is very, very busy. At it's the just just where the contracts and where the work is, isn't it? It's, and I'm sure we'll have some downtime at some point in the future. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But so there we you, go anyway. You've been doing your assessment contracts I have over half time I've still got lots of sketch notes coming sketch, up yeah preparing for we've got several sessions coming up this week Kumbach Community Primary School uh we've got Denbyshire uh local authority yeah doing working lots of schools in Denbyshire with their pass pass um for, for GL and we've of course we've got Research Ed Cymru on Saturday. We have this week. So that's another six day week this week. It is. Although I think we should take Friday off, maybe. Well, yeah, that that's something to talk about later. And um, we are, as we speak, it is ten past one on uh, Monday of uh, this week. Um, and over the weekend, we've been seeing lots of people getting their copies of Parapedagogy and the yeah. book. And we haven't had a copy yet. No, we're still it, waiting. Yeah. It's supposed to be here in about an hour. So I'm fingers crossed. You're going to be, be hovering here. around in the foyer outside in reception, oh, waiting for the DPD man to <laughs> <come> <laughs> arrive or lady to yes. arrive with the box. Okay. So, so put that to one side for a minute. What are we talking about today? Well, there's been lots going on for half term week. Usually it's pretty quiet, but there was, you know, things that were happening the week before half term Mm -hmm. and during half term that I think we felt that it was really important that we had a podcast today to to talk around some of those things. And a lot of it it has been going on on Twitter, but it was very much to do with the research, new set of research that's come out of Scotland. Yep, out of Burnham. Stirling University have published some research on curriculum for excellence and how the curriculum in Scotland has narrowed. And we'll get into that in a little bit more detail. But today's session is all about that curriculum uh, narrowing research from Stirling University. But we do have a couple of episodes, previous episodes of our podcast that we've already recorded around the curriculum in Scotland and how think there are things that we can learn from down here in Wales. So you might want to go back and have a look at episode 95, which is around about accountability, which is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, but that is more to do with accountability mm-hmm. in Wales, because, of course, the reason that we're talking about curriculum for excellence in Scotland is because it has an impact down here if, with curriculum well. So there's accountability here, but complex episode 95. But there's also episode 58 where we had a session with James McInerney. And we've talked about James's book mm. uh, a number of on a number of sessions, haven't we? Mm. And we, we talk about that a lot in our sessions with schools. Um, but around curriculum for excellence and the trouble with Scottish schools. Absolutely. So um, the, the, the focus is looking at what the research talks about what the research um the the data from the research um seems to be suggesting Mm. 
and what the implications are for us um, down here in Wales, because there's been lots of discussion about it on Twitter, but I, I think the discussion on Twitter has been very interesting because it seems to be that people go onto Twitter and they go on with their own set of um, hobby horses, shall we Maybe, say? Maybe, yeah. You know, they go on there and they say, and they they this is an opportunity for them to bring in their hobby horse and say, oh, no, but it's about this. Oh, no, but it's about that. But actually what we've done is we've looked at what the research is about, focused on the key message from the research and we haven't we hopefully we haven't brought our own hobby horse but we focused in on um what the implications are for us and yeah. us because there are implications it's, are, it's not it's not i mean there are some things that you know we have done better there are some things that still are impacted by um um some of the issues mm-hmm. surrounding this research we're going to look at that there today. was there was also another bit of research that, or another publication that came out i think was it last week or the week before around pisa and not oh, uh, yes. using pisa for curriculum reform yes and i can't remember the I can't name remember of what it, it was either well no it was it was about um how um the pisa process so the the point of pisa was to make sure that um um, jurisdictions around the world so education systems around the world could uh, use the results of PISA to identify what needed to change and then of course the OECD would be making suggestions about how that change could be implemented so it was a kind of like a, a low-cost method of um, educational reform using data and research to do it but what this article seemed to be well was suggesting was that this actually hadn't been particularly effective because some of the educational reform that had been put into place hadn't been as effective as, as um, yeah. the OECD suggested. So, but yeah. It was very interesting. It was really interesting. Okay. So let's get into the, the, the nitty-gritty of the actual results from the research. Now, this was research that was carried out by Stirling University. There was uh, Marina Shapira and Mark Priestley were the lead authors on this. And there were some other people involved in it as well. And we'll link the research paper in the show notes of this podcast yes. so you can go and read the the research directly but we'll also link in there a blog we wrote on it uh, that came out last week that's been very popular but there's also an article a thought, thought piece in the oh the western, western mail. mail yeah yeah so you could start there i mean there are there are a number of um, news pieces about this, but we wrote one for the uh, the Western Mail last week as well. So you can go and have a look at that uh, uh, as well. But the, the focus of the research was looking at examination results in Scotland in senior yeah. four, which is effectively yeah. equivalent to it's year It's very 11. much focused at the end, those final years within curriculum for access, yeah. isn't it? So it's year, it's roughly our equivalent of year 11, 12 and 13. And the the different, um, they, they've got a different exam system up yeah. there. They've got a different process mm-hmm. of when you can take exams so that you can, you can take some exams in what they call senior four, which is our version of year 11, or you can delay them until senior five, which is our version of year 12. Um, but they also have a system by which if you delay that the university entrance is based on the premise that you take five senior qualifications mm-hmm. at one sitting. So if you delay or you don't take that m- number, then you're um, precluded from entering university. So there is, there's, there's almost more of a risk mm-hmm. up in Scotland as well. So 
there's a different system. And what the, the, the research found was that there were fewer entries overall mm -hmm. in senior four, S4, and there was a narrower range of subjects in S4. Mm -hmm. There was also a steeper decline in both entries and breadth of entries in areas of disadvantage. Um, and delayed entry was more likely for hires, meaning that there were fewer entries from Scottish pupils to H to university, especially especially amongst the most mm. disadvantaged. I think it's interesting to remember with this though that you've got pupils in S4, S5, and S6 who really are the first group that cohort, the yeah. cohort that have really gone through curriculum for excellence from start mm. through to finish. Mm. And I think that's an interesting. Yeah. Okay. So there's pattern to there's have a that look at. going on as well, but um, but we're also beginning to see here through Western reports, aren't we? As well, this idea of na narrowing the the opportunities or that breadth of subjects at what we where we are, Key Stage Four. Yeah. And we're beginning to see that be beginning to come through some of the Western reports that we're reading. Absolutely. And I think that um, some of the things that are mentioned in the um, Stirling University research, we are already mm -hmm. seeing in Wales. Um, but the, the kind of um, the crux of this all is that they've got a um, accountability system that where they've got a measure called five at. Mm -hmm. So it's five at senior level. It's five mm -hmm. at hires and five at the senior yeah. uh, qualifications, which is you know reminiscent of our level two plus mm -hmm. so i know that we've moved away from that we've got a cap nine mm -hmm. uh where there that's nine qualifications across a range of they've got with first century only with first yeah. century only which means that <laughs> if you enter in november and you fail and you enter again in january and you pass it's your failure mm -hmm. that's taken as part of the school fears yeah. or your 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 grade from the first one yeah 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 okay so there's a narrower accountability measure for secondary schools in Scotland, mm -hmm. but there is, it's not that much more narrow than down here. It, it's four subjects mm -hmm. more narrow, mm -hmm. but they've actually got five over two sittings, haven't they? So they've mm -hmm. got the five senior and five higher, and we've got nine over one sitting. Yeah. So, you know, it. whilst there are differences, it's not that different. It's in the same ballpark, isn't it? It is. And mm. they also looked at, so they looked at the kind of the senior education, but they also looked at the, what they call the BGE, the broad general education. Mm. And what they saw there was a fragmentation of the curriculum mm. with some pupils being taught by up to 15 teachers mm. a week. Um, but they also saw, and I think we see this in Wales a lot, is this um, early um subject choice mm. for their senior qualification so the equivalent of our GCSE yeah. they're they're choosing it in the equivalent of year eight mm -hmm. effectively so children age 12 are making a decision about effectively what subjects they they are opening themselves oh. up to at um university yeah I mean, and we've seen that a lot more here as well aren't we that option the old the old three three year key stage four where it's extended down to year nine ten eleven so options yeah. are chosen around about this time of the year yeah in year eight yeah. And, and, and like you said it's it, but the worrying thing for me is that this idea that the 
the curriculum was being squeezed within the more disadvantaged areas. Yes. And I know there was a really interesting conversation on Twitter that I saw about what was causing the narrowing of the um, the curriculum. Was it that the curriculum narrows anyway as you go further up in school, there's less choice as you as people start to specialise? Or was it that they were saying that in areas of disadvantage, they were narrowing the curriculum because they felt that the the, the pupils coming from areas of disadvantage were less able to cope with a broad curriculum as if um, having, you know, just say five key subjects available would mean that they could focus, pupils could focus on those five and they'd get better results. But what I think was really interesting in this is that they were saying that pupils where the curriculum was more narrow actually performed less well Mm. than schools where the curriculum was broader. But again, it didn't really go into um, the the difference between causation and correlation. It was saying, if you've got a broad curriculum, there's a link there with better results. But is a broader curriculum causing the better results or is it something else that is causing? Well, this this is so complex, isn't it? You can't just put it down to one thing and you've got the whole the whole budget that yeah. fits around this. I mean, you know, how many subjects can a school realistically offer? Yeah. Because of the budget constraints. And we know but also a because school, you can't offer subjects for like two or three pupils because no. it's not financially viable. And also, if you haven't got the teachers in that subject to do that, that is a problem. Yeah. So STEM subjects particularly yeah. were uh, an issue, which is maybe, you know, when we've got a situation in Wales where we're going down from triple science to just a single science qualification, yeah. one wonders yeah. about the rationale for, for doing that. Yeah. Was it teacher shortage? Yeah. I don't know. And, it, and it's very much as well, the specialists are being used at the, you know, the older year groups, because yeah. that's where the specialism is. Yeah. And you know, how many of us in secondary have had odd few periods on your timetable filled up with a lesson of one subject, a lesson of another subject, just mm. to complete the curriculum. Yeah, and that, and I think that that you know it's a danger. It is, it is, and it, when you think about um, as well the the idea of the correlation between or the link, let's say, between a broad curriculum and better results, mm. it's well, what comes for first, the broad curriculum or yeah, the, the better results? Yeah, 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 yeah. it's it's yeah. There's obviously a link. Yeah. But is it causation or correlation? Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we don't know at this stage. And I I mean, please correct us if we're wrong, but having read the research, it wasn't clear um what what the link was, whether it was causation or correlation. So the kind of the the crux of this is that um the research was um saying with this um increased poor performance activity and i'm probably not saying that 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 right performativity is basically saying where teachers and schools feel under pressure to get results Mm -hmm. they carry out actions that get those results and if that means that they say well you're not going to pass that so we're not going to enter you for it in s4 or uh, you're not going to pass that and plenty of other people are not going to pass that so we're not going to offer that or we're going to focus on yeah. the subjects which we think is really important that you get a pass at, and you know, like expressive arts, that's not important, so we're not going to have that. It's all of this is down to um, the results, the accountability, driving yeah. 
the curriculum yeah. design and how for how long have we been saying and how how long have teachers that have been working with us on our courses and in the schools been saying that accountability is going to drive yeah what's well, happening in schools professor graham donaldson in successful yeah. teachers in back in 2015 said accountability will go. drive it yeah. and you know when we know that teachers have been given greater choice in terms of in scotland in terms of what subjects are offered yeah. at what point um and what the breadth is and it's that combination of you can design your curriculum the way you want to design it and uh but it needs to be fulfilling yes. this five at measure it's those two things together that have caused this problem because teachers are making choices based on accountability concerns. Yeah. And we know that accountability does lead to fear and anxiety. And it's that whole um the whole feeling of what you're doing within with pupils in the classroom. Mm. You know that there's some ulterior yeah. uh, ulterior is the right word, but it's that additional the additional pressure. pressure that you've got that does change what you do. Absolutely. So you know, if you're if you're teaching in a classroom, you're teaching a core subject, which we both were, um, you know that obviously you're constantly thinking about this child getting the results they need in order to move on to the next step, because that is what GCSEs uh, external examinations at a particular yeah. point are about is opening the door to the next yeah. step. So that's that's the one thing you're thinking about. But you're also thinking about the fact that. If you're a member of a department, your head of department will have yes. a set expectation for how many you get through, what targets they're going, which is where we get yeah. the whole flight paths thing yeah. from. It's where targets set, the, they get coaching and mentoring. And the danger is, is when that balance is tipped in the favour of the school results as opposed to the results for the children, for the pupils. Yeah, and I, I know yeah. that... Um, I have had experience of a school where um, the focus is all about getting pupils the best grade they can possibly get. And it almost feels like by any means possible, yeah. you know, that there's coaching involved, that there's mentoring involved, that they're sitting down with that pupil and, you know, making sure they're getting things done. Now, I'm not saying any of those things are not good. Obviously, every child deserves this kind of support and mentoring that that kind of approach provides. But when the goal is a grade on a, a qualification, as opposed to experiencing learning for the sake yeah, of it. Yeah. And the shift moves away from learning, doesn't it? And thankfully, we've moved moves away, away from learning and towards performance. It does. But I was going to say, thankfully, we've moved one step away from the fact of just getting everybody over the C grade. Yes. at yes. least we've you know we've moved away from that and at least we've, we're looking at the, the best grade that a child that a pupil can get yes and I think that we are recognizing as well that we're no longer at the level two plus even that no. we're not we're, we're still looking at that is even broader yeah. than that but I think what we want to highlight here is not the fact that um well we do it differently in wales yeah we do do it differently but the fundamental yeah. pressure that accountability demands or creates that's still exactly the same and i think one of the things that um we need to recognize is that um whilst we have a situation where we've had significant changes so we've got 
um, we've moved from level two plus to cap nine. We've taken away um, the the judgments on an Estin uh, report, but people still lose jobs mm-hmm. over both there's, those There's still two that things. fear, there isn't there? There's still that fear and the anxiety. Well, of it's your career. Yeah, and yeah. you know when you've got a situation where we're talking, we were talking to someone last week um, whose school has just gone into special measures, and they were. Um, looking for a senior leadership post and they said well can't apply for one now mm-hmm. you know their prospects are now stymied for yeah. the time that that yeah. school is in special measures because no no interview Section. yeah will will and, and you know whilst you might have official uh, people saying well oh no no that's not the case you know it's it will take applications from any position we all know yeah. the truth is that people's prospects and jobs are affected by accountability measures which is where the fear comes from so it it isn't about a situation where teachers and schools don't know how to create a broad curriculum don't know how to focus on learning it's a situation where they know how to do that potentially but they're not because they're not being given the freedom to do that yeah it's too much pressure isn't it Yeah. yeah so one of the things that I thought was really interesting about the report is that the actual research involved looking at results and looking at data. It also involved discussing, um, you know, having structured interviews with members of staff as well. And they they actually had a quote from someone um, who said that there are that the actors in the system, so the teachers, the head teachers, the, the directors of education realized that what they were doing was against the ethos of curriculum for excellence and yet they were still, still doing, doing it. it yeah so they know it's not the right thing to do it feels flexible it feels very fluid but it's not there is still it's still be constrained to some to some extent isn't it? so if you're in a situation where you people know that they're asking children to make decisions at age 12 or they're coaching to a, a test or they're you know, there's a lot of pressure on a single or qualification or even a number of qualifications. Is it really useful to actually put out gu- guidance and say, well, look, all you need to do is you need to organise your curriculum differently or all you need to do is you need professional learning about how learning works? It's... Well, no, because that pressure is still there. That's not changing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I was quite frustrated by... The, there were there were several recommendations. I think there was something in the region of fifteen recommendations. I think about three or four of them for were for accountability and performativity, and the rest were for things like professional learning yeah. and, and yeah. guidance, what have you. Why are you creating recommendations for improving teachers' understanding about how to do it until you have worked out? If they actually do know it, yeah, you know, it's kind of like giving advice before you've understood what the problem is. And if the system is not allowing that to happen, yeah, then you've got to look at the system as a whole, yeah, and look at what is going on, yeah, because potentially you could spend an awful lot of money on professional learning, an awful lot of money on guidance coming out saying no, 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 this is the way to do it, and yet still find because you haven't fixed the uh, accountability yeah. problem, it's still that it's a waste of money. Why, why waste money on that? So we had quite a discussion about, um, okay, so how would it work in Wales? 
we should really record our free <laughs> podcast conversations really because there's so many things that we talk about that we don't actually get around to talking about yeah in true. the podcast because we go around the houses don't we and then we come yeah. back to a conversation but we would we would have to record about two or three know, hours yeah, worth yeah. of conversation and a bit of swearing <laughs> in there as well um but one of the things that we talked about was okay so if you were to reduce the pressure on accountability by changing the school performance measures so that they really worked and we just took um the estin reports so if you were going to have estin reports that didn't put the pressure on the school what would that actually look like because okay so we've we're at the moment we've got estin reports that don't have that judgment on um, the top three yeah well ah but we know but by looking at them and by looking at all the ones that have been there out out in the domain since september you can sort of well, sit still through categories. and you can still make those categories out can't you um, but the one thing to me is about the one thing that you don't want to uh be doing is it's it's that public yeah well let's share let's remember as well that the special measures and uh monitoring they're both still in there. Yeah. The ones that really count, they're both but still in there. who are the inspection reports for? Okay. That's what it's got to come back down to, isn't it? It is. And I know that, um, I know when I chose a secondary school for my children, I already chose them before I read the Eston yeah. report. The Eston report was kind of a check. And I'm obviously, yeah. I knew what an Eston report should or should not say. But how many well, parents I've, use them? I've got a very similar experience to you, but mine was completely end of the spectrum is that, my one eldest child yeah. was going through the, through the school when it went into special measures. Right. And my youngest was going into year seven at the, at the time yeah. it was going to special yeah. measures. I didn't change school because I knew where they were yes. as a parent yeah. was, was, was fine. And exactly. they both are fine. And in lots of areas in Wales, there really isn't much choice because yeah. of the but, locality or... But because I'm in the system i know yeah. how to read an expected report you but i i had that education that i knew what i was looking for i knew that yeah. things that were picked up weren't to me an issue no they weren't as much about but learning. as a parent who didn't understand the education system they would read that report and go oh i'm not sending my child there well how many how many people i mean we were talking to um a colleague of ours the other day and they were saying that uh, a particular school in a particular mm-hmm. area um, had a real um, what's the word um, public image yes problem because people had an understanding of the school's reputation from a decade ago yeah and that reputation actually um, could be very different if they only could see the the more recent yeah. changes that had been made but that the community wasn't because it was you know it was like folklore mm-hmm. it, it lived through folklore so actually our estimate reports I mean, Estin reports are for uh, democratic accountability. Mm. They are designed for the electorate to see that the job of work that schools are doing, um, they're doing a good enough one. Mm. But are they actually being used to do that? Mm. Or are they being used to just to beat schools over the head with? Yeah. And if that's the case, so we had this discussion, if, if Estin reports are just a big stick, as opposed to a useful tool, how could we make estuary reports better so that they were no longer a big step, but were actually the supportive um, 
evaluation document that schools need to move forward? Well, the first thing that you would do is you would not publish them publicly at all. But if you did that, then you would have the electorate saying, well, it's not transparent. We don't know which school is good and which school is bad. So then potentially you'd have like a traffic light system. Well, I'm just going to back in the day when I started teaching, there were no. No, exactly. We had the odd HMI visit once every blue moon. And you never saw a report out. You know, you're lucky if you saw it within the school, no matter out as a parent. True. But I don't think we're any longer, we're in a a culture. No that we could do that anymore. So we're in a, a, between a rock and a hard place. We've got the electorate, which we are all part of, who want to know that Welsh government money is being spent effectively in schools and schools are doing a good enough job. But we also can't create, I mean, if we just simply said, right, we're not gonna publish ESTIM reports anymore. We're just gonna say, yes, this school is good or no, this school is bad, Mm -hmm. but that's it. That would be worse. So there really isn't any way that you can both provide accountability and not have it as a big stick. No, you can't. There really isn't. So public sharing of performance is is the worst thing for changing schools. Because I think we'd we'd all pick a report up and we would read different things into it. And some of the comments are quite generic. And subjective. And subjective. And you think, well, what, what on earth, what I read yeah. it and you read it, I think, yeah. well, to me it meant this, to mm. you it meant that. So, mm. what is I, I mean, you know, I know that Eston have now started um, doing um, parent reports. Mm-hmm. Why are they still continuing to publish the other ones then? <laughs> Who are the other ones for? Yeah. You know, if it's for the school, keep it for the school. So, but we're in a situation where basically this is the observer effect. Yeah. So by observing something, you change the thing that you observe. Yeah. So it was way back, um, some experiment uh, in psychology, and I should have picked up the um, the reference for this, but it was it was basically people who were being observed carrying out a task, knowing that they were being observed, yeah. changed their behaviour, um, no matter what the observer yeah. actually said. So it will do if you were, if you in a lesson observation, you know someone's <laughs> coming to observe you, you do behave. Differently, you, you behave or singing or dancing. We all know yeah. those teachers say, "Oh, I've got an observation today," and their lesson is completely different to the ones yeah. they do the rest of the year. I'm just saying, Eston use lesson observation, and we know that lesson observation is um, really unreliable, incredibly unreliable for identifying who's doing well and who's not doing well. So, what we can see from this research up in um, Scotland is that accountability changes behaviour. Yeah. And the change in behaviour in Scotland, which has been focused on greater freedom to design the curriculum alongside a, a focus on performance and results, mm-hmm. has led to a narrowing of the curriculum, particularly in, in areas of disadvantage. disadvantage. So, in fact, just to say this really, really clearly, the curriculum reform journey in Mm. Scotland that started in 2013 with Curriculum for Excellence that was designed to address the disadvantage gap has actually made things worse. Mm. So it is a massive failure. And it's not just accountability that has caused this failure. It's the greater freedom of Curriculum for Excellence that has also caused the failure. We know that Curriculum for Excellence and Curriculum for Wales have 
variation baked in. Mm -hmm. We know that um, because each school creates their own local curriculum, um, that, that there is inequity built into that. And then if you put pressure on schools to perform, that they're going to they're going to rise yeah. to that challenge. Yeah. They're going to say, right, well, we can do it any way we want, so we'll do it this way. I mean, that's a simplification. Particularly schools at the moment that are in a category. Yeah. That you know, they've got they've got to great, get out. They've got to get out of it. And that creates another pressure in itself. Yeah. So there are um there are um changes afoot potential changes afoot in Wales that could make the difference. And one of those things is sample testing. So and we haven't seen much much come out really around that, have we, apart from the social finance well, report. There's yeah. a story there. Yeah. And we are gonna talk about that now. Okay. So the, the social finance report, we've we've mentioned this before. It was a, a report carried out um or requested by Jeremy Miles, carried out by social finance who are data uh uh, analysis company who create platforms that gather data from public services like social work and so on um, so that you can uh, analyze that data and for things like performance and um, against criteria and this report um, the, the one of the key recommendations was that um, to measure how effectively curriculum for Wales was um, improving learning was to sample testing so that means take a sample or, or choose a, a sample of schools every year and say, right, you are going to be tested for literacy, numeracy, um, various other AOLEs, critical yeah. thinking, resilience, resilience. all, all yeah. other kinds of things. OK, so th yeah. that's that was the plan. But um, that that report has gone missing. It was on well, the link isn't there anymore, is it? No, there. it was published mid-January and now it doesn't appear anywhere. And Welsh Government have published their response. And rather than saying, yes, we've taken on all of these recommendations and we're going to do sample testing, they're saying we're going to have put together a practitioner panel who are going to look at um, how that might work or what that would be interesting with that. Well, yeah, so they, they haven't even said, yes, we're going to do sample yeah. testing or yes, we're going to test these these areas that the, it's really really woolly yeah so um welsh government if you're listening be fun wouldn't it? but welsh government if you're listening um you publish your report on in the middle of january can we have it back please because it is public record um we have contacted welsh government as well too and we've we've not seen the reports we'll keep you updated on that yeah yeah so um that is that is um a has the potential to be a good thing but whilst we're waiting for that to happen and i think before the report was removed there was some suggestion of the earliest that could be would be september 2025 mm. so there's lots that can happen between now and then lots of changes that can be made to behavior in schools lots but of changes it, of approaches but it's also a long time for things to go on yeah. without any look at what is going on in schools yeah, it is. But also, you know, you're thinking, well, whilst we're in a situation where the only accountability for schools in the primary sector is Eston and the two accountability measures for secondary schools are Eston and GCSEs on a cap nine early, first entry only, mm. you know, then that's going to drive behaviour. Yeah. 
so it'll drive behavior until at least September 2025. So um, sharing information that enables parents to make informed choices is really what needs to happen. Potentially, and I'm going to go full on socialist here, removing parental choice altogether, you know, with a, a completely comprehensive system. Yeah. Back in the day when it was the catchment you lived in, the cat was the catchment the school yeah. you went to. Yeah. Uh, sure, no, I know. Yeah. But time. you know, if we've got a truly comprehensive system, why should parents be able to choose where their children yeah. go to school based on how good the school it's is? Because because that parental choice creates sync schools. Removing publication of accountability information linked directly with schools altogether, mm-hmm. and I know that that would that would have issues in terms of transparency. You know, but these these are the kinds of changes that you would expect a government to be making if they were really serious about breaking the link yeah. between assessment yeah. and accountability, which which they've been saying for a long time they've been doing. Would you know what? Um, in preparation for this podcast and the blog as well, I actually went searching for that quote because I know that quote was somewhere. I know Jeremy Miles said, "We are breaking the link yeah. between assessment and accountability." Could I find it? Was it Jeremy or was it Kirsty that said that? It was it was both, it was of, them. both of them. Yeah. And couldn't find it anywhere, uh, uh, which is strange. Yeah. I, I wonder if that has been wiped. I don't know. I mean it, it could just be I didn't look well enough. Or I did, spent well, quite a while just, looking for it. How right the things are going. Like <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing, you know, when a re uh, uh, you research you re question yourself, don't you? Yeah. When a research yeah. report is published and then disappears and you ask where it is and you get no reply or you don't get a, a, you know, you don't get the report. You do start to be there somewhere. Well, yeah, fingers crossed. Or alternatively, you could increase the level of prescription for curriculum design because it's not just accountability. That's the issue in Scotland. It's accountability and this additional freedom. Yeah. So if we can't sort accountability through those channels, then maybe we need to come back and relook at the curriculum design freedom yes. that we've got. And yeah. since day one, how many times have we talked about and the conversations we've had with guests as well about this this core, this sort of minimal non-negotiable non-negotiable content that yeah. everyone yeah. teaches. The things we say our pupils really need to have. Yeah. Well it's this pendulum, isn't it? Yeah. We're we're going from high prescription, yeah. high um level content to low prescription yeah. choose whatever we need to go somewhere point. back in the middle you know we don't need to be extremes we are you know moderation and everything getting that middle ground yeah. is really important and you know we, we've got the removal of vesting grades we've got the removal of levels we've got reform of qualifications we've got the removal so, of additional performance measures such as school categorization we really have got a vacuum of information at the I, moment do you know with education sometimes if i just feel like could we just stop the roundabout yes. and get off or just let things just settle tick along for, you know, for a little bit of time. Yeah. Just get everybody just comfortable with what they're doing because it's constantly something else. It is constantly something else. And I think we, we need to be clear and the government needs to be clear. You can't break the link between accountability for schools and assessment. It's just not no. possible. The best that we can do is to limit um, the pressure on schools but it feels like we're in a a culture where 
you know, teachers are bashed. We want to know that this school, you know, we've got the media saying, oh, look, this Estim report was awful. This school is in special measures yeah. and it makes the news. It it's really sensational not helpful. That. You know, the, the observer effect, it is an insoluble problem. It's it's and it's not going to go away. So the, the best we can hope for is an understanding and a recognition of the difficulty of the problem rather than a hiding. Yeah. You know, with with the social finance report going missing, you know, we're not we're not it's not out in the open saying we haven't got a government saying this is a really difficult problem. This is a really difficult problem we may not be able to solve, but we are focused on doing the best yeah. that we can do. We've let's got to talk about it. Let's, yeah, let's look at some options and see what people in the education world yeah have got I mean, to say about it personally if if i were in government and i saw the uh research from sterling uni i'd be making a comment about it. i'd be you know saying yes yes yeah. we've seen it yes we can see that these yeah. are the issues yeah yes but we've done this, this 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 and this yes and this is what we need to look at yeah i wouldn't just ignore it so there, there's lots that there's lots from that research, and as I say, we'll we'll put the link in the show notes. That there's lots in that research that is well worth thinking about here in Wales. But it's but it's not even as if that is news, because there was an interim report that came out. The interim uh, yeah. findings from that research came there's out. There's been twelve, isn't it? six, seven working yeah. papers from that one. So it's not as if it's just out no. of the blue arrived, no. is it? Well, and I think that certainly some of the actions of Welsh government suggest that they've seen those results earlier. But there's, it feels like Welsh government are kind of, or or the establishment more widely, shall we say, are, are still saying curriculum for Wales, yay, it's really heading in the right direction, and let's be positive about yeah. it, and let's make sure that everybody is just thinking about the best that we can do, as opposed to saying. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like in Scotland, it's actually already yeah. failed a generation of children. Yeah. You know, because when we think about it, and I'm just going to say this again, is that prior to the implementation of curriculum for excellence, with the same accountability regime, disadvantaged pupils did better. Yeah. So if they hadn't done anything, they'd be better, better off. Are we going to end up? Yeah in the same situation yeah okay we've got different accountability measures but we still have accountability are we gonna interesting thought isn't it yeah okay so there you are that's 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 the research that's from scotland we anyway a problem <laughs> on a positive note finn okay what are we up to this week or next week well we've got uh Demisher. by the time this comes out we'll we have done that we'll have done mm-hmm. the first day we'll be looking at the second day with secondary schools we've no, got primary secondary first oh okay okay Backfront. we've got Heinland, um a scottish secondary oh, back school in Heinland. remember back in Heinland for elements curriculum design interestingly yes, yes. just the thing that, that we're talking about i've got more sketch notes to do you've got i've got more assessment, assessment contracts but Research Ed Cymru on Saturday. Yeah. So if you see us, and you come please see, come please, and say even hello. if you're not going to our session, yeah, come and say hello. Yes, absolutely. Because we know that lots of you listen to the podcast, and it's always lovely to hear your thoughts on it, and you know, meet people who yeah listen to our witterings. But it's also really lovely just to meet up with other people involved in education. We like in meeting Wales. people. We do like meeting people, and we are quite friendly. So we'll speak to you soon. Okay. Take care. Bye now. Thanks for listening. 
Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. You can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Impact Wales. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales. And on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.